Hello, I'm Stephen Willis from Locked On Ole Miss alongside Andrew Stefaniak from Locked On Aggies. And we are going to do a little bit of that Know Thy Enemy um, episode for our Locked On podcast. We're going to talk about me, Ole Miss, and him, Texas A&M. And, you know, Andrew, before we get started today, Lane Kiffin is throwing all the shade at Texas A&M this week. I always like to say something good about my opponents. You know, get, get, get the get the Ole Miss fans to kind of like me a little bit. But all kidding aside, I said this in the summer, I'm a Lane Kiffin guy. I like Lane Kiffin. I think he's funny. Um, I had some A&M fans kind of say, eh, uh, you know, not don't agree with you totally, but I'm a big Kiffin guy. I think he's hilarious. I think he's good for college football. And, yeah, I've been seeing it. I saw your tweet actually talking about, wow, and I read that tweet, and I said, man. So this should um this should be a fun Saturday football game. I, I think it's you can leave that there. Yeah, you just sit there and you look at his quotes and you hear what he says when you actually read it. He's like, "Hey, they have so much talent and they have such great quarterbacks. They should be a really good team." And it's like all directed at Jimbo. It was like he really does not like that man. Yeah, he. <laughs> I, I don't. You know, he does. And I mean, it's like. Lane Kiffin is the CEO of the Twitter shade. I mean, he mm. loves to throw it at people, but it does seem, you're right, it does seem like he takes even more things out on AM. It does not seem like he's a fan of Jimbo. You're right, because he does it to everybody, but he does it, it seems like more often to Jimbo. So I agree with you. I think he does do it a lot. Yeah, like when he does it with Saban or Kirby and all that, it's all playful, it's tongue-in-cheek, but it feels like there's some venom there whenever Jimbo's involved. And I think it goes back to um, when A&M signed the $30 million class and sliced bread and all that, and Jimbo just decided to call Lane out specifically. Whenever that happened, I guess it got real. Yeah, they um, that recruiting class – created a lot of bad blood but obviously we saw the Saban interaction interactions with with uh coach Kiffin that created a lot of bad blood because I, I think it all honestly frustrated some coaches but you know I, I'm gonna put down coach Fisher real quick but you know I think Kiffin Saban these guys with the talent on AM's roster now obviously Alabama's talent is similar is well probably better but point being they're winning championships with this and coach Fisher has underachieved time and time again. So I can see if I'm Coach Kiff and I'm like, man, if I had that team, watch out. Yeah, and, and when I say this, I'm not throwing shade at Texas A&M. Oh, so yeah, nobody no. hear that. Mm -hmm. But there's a reason that people say Texas 8-4. and four. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's a reputation. You know, Texas A&M is the only school in the SEC that has not won a championship in the Big Three since 1940 like a national championship, yeah. which is so weird when you consider all of the money that Texas A&M has and you just look at them as like, well, they're serious. It should be good to go. But it, it just hasn't happened there. Definitely. And, it, and it's becoming frustrating. I mean, like to talk for five seconds, there's been a lot of talented. You said the big three. There's been a lot of talented baseball, basketball teams at A&M over the years that just haven't able, haven't been able to get the job done. And you're right. It's it's frustrating. I mean, it, it's um, I always see this joke, and it's uh, ag battered Aggie syndrome. And it's like it doesn't matter how good we are, we can't just seem we can't get the job done. And it's a real thing. I mean, Texas A&M, and we'll get into this more. They have a top five roster in college football this season. Mm -hmm. I mean, Absolutely. You know, and look where we're sitting right now. You know, mm -hmm. it, 
and it's frustrating. I mean, it is incredibly frustrating off-season hype, and you go, could this be the year? You got all this talent. Could it be now? And then it's not been now. It, and, and then the question is, when will it ever be? Will it, will Coach Fisher ever get you there? I mean, at this point, it's like even an SEC championship. I'm, I'm to the point where it's like if you get me into an SEC championship game, I will be happy right now. And it's just you can't get the job done. So it's getting to the point where the the seat is warming, as everybody that loves college football knows. You know, moving on to the game this weekend, the storylines, I think A&M, if, if you put Connor Wegman on that team, if he is the quarterback instead of Max Johnson, this isn't a shot at Max Johnson because I think he's Danny Werfel good, if that makes sense to anybody. But if you put Connor Wegman on that team with those wide receivers and the running backs that are going to come along, I think that A&M team, this, this might be a 7-1 and one team. Maybe they play in and they get Alabama because Alabama was absolutely gettable that game until for some reason this Texas A&M defense that's been so stout all year all of a sudden couldn't contain Jalen Milrow throwing the football. And I, it, some things that are just bizarre happens, but I think Connor Wigman would make a huge difference on that team. It um it hurts. I mean, look at what happened last year against Ole Miss. Wigman kind of had a bit of a hey, I'm here. Look at me. I'm a five star quarterback. Game with all the yards he put up, but um losing him, and that's one reason to you know I'm I'm hating on Coach Fisher a little bit to back off. I mean, he did lose Connor Wigman, who was having a great start to the season. It's a backup quarterback in Max Johnson, but a backup quarterback that can and has win in the SEC. So I think that, yeah, if you have Connor Wigman out there, my confidence, the Aggies' chances to win this football game against Ole Miss on Saturday, take us, you know, are moving up a lot. It hurts losing them. It does. But at the end of the day, you got to play with what you got. And right now, you don't got him. He's on a little one of those little scooters uh, pushing around. And you got Max Johnson, who, has won SEC games, like I said, but he's got to do it in a in a big game, in a big game for this Texas A&M football team. Yeah, and, and it's kind of unfortunate for Texas A&M and this Ole Miss situation because this is the biggest game that Ole Miss has played in ten years. And you'd say, "Wait, we're five and three. We're Texas A&M. We're hoping to come in at eleven o'clock and clock and catch you sleepy." And all of that becomes talking points, but. This Texas A&M game means so much because if Ole Miss can get past Texas A&M with a win, which they're favored by, I think, three points at mm -hmm. the moment to do, if they can get this game, the biggest game in the history of the University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, is the following week at Georgia. If Ole Miss loses to Texas A&M, that Georgia game is just another football game. But with a win at Texas A&M, you're talking about an echelon-level moving type of game for Ole Miss football because Ole Miss is playing at that point to where if they get past A&M, they're playing Georgia, and if they can get past Georgia, they're probably going to win out and go to the playoff at that point. But you can't start thinking about that stuff until you handle business against A&M. And because of that, I think that's the reason Lane Kiffin is doing the stuff that he needs to do to get his own players' attention because they know what that Georgia game sitting out there could mean, but he also knows how talented this Texas A&M team is. Exactly. And I, I talked about it on my show, the um, just I think it was yesterday's show, talking about through the word trap game out there. I don't want to do that to you Ole Miss fans. I'm just when you look at it, I look at a trap game as a game you're favored. And then when you have a big game coming up next, it leads to players kind of looking past it.
But you're right. I think Coach Kiffin has done a good job making sure his team is focused in on Saturday and not looking ahead. Because like you said, if you are if Ole Miss does not beat Texas A&M, that game loses pretty much all of its all of its relevance. So I think you could still make the argument that it is a trap game, but I think the coaching staff for Ole Miss has done a good job keeping everybody locked in, eyes straight forward, looking at what you got coming up and not looking to the future. But um, Texas A&M, it's been made very clear that they want to play spoiler in this football game. So it's going to be a fun one, and it's going to be it's just going to be a good football game on Saturday that both team needs both teams need desperately. Yeah, games like this is the reason that everybody has become college football fans to begin with. So enjoy this, people. Games like this doesn't happen very often. It could be you could have Auburn versus Vanderbilt in November and. That's a completely different situation. When we come back, we are going to talk about how which players are going to stand out and which players are going to be very important for the victory for their team. But first, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy platform in North America. We're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you versus the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less than your two to six players' stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. The league created specially for the combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or league. For example, you could have LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-point shot shots made and receptions. That's an absolutely nuts line that you can um you can pick right here. Prize picks is a really simple way to play. I can make my picks and submit them in less than 60 seconds. Click, click, you're done. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit matchup to one hundred dollars. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit matchup to $100. Daily sports made easy. Also, college football season is here, and this season Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff. Live every Friday, Locked On will go live at 11 a.m. Eastern on every single Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11, at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on any Locked On College Football or College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. So, Andrew, Players for Texas A&M that absolutely have to stand out against Ole Miss. First, and this is going to be a boring answer, but it, it's Max Johnson. He, I talk about when you play the Ole Miss and the LSU teams of the world that love points, that score a lot of them, you, you can't rely on defense. I've talked about this this week a lot, but maybe with your defense you can slow Ole Miss's offense, but you are not going to stop it. So that means you're going to have to score points. And Max Johnson has got to show up. A lot of yards. I mean, I talk about Max Johnson kind of game managing and helping you win football games. I don't think you can game manage and win this game. You have to put up 
I think a 302 or three kind of stat line is what it's going to take from the Aggies quarterback. Another guy on offense is Evan Stewart, the wide receiver. I mean, he's just so talented. They haven't been feeding them as much as I would have liked. They haven't been getting the ball to him. They Coach Petrino, the offensive coordinator, Bobby Petrino, has this saying. He says, feed the studs. That was their mantra heading into the season. They haven't been really feeding the studs. I, I ha, Evan Stewart hadn't had the year I've expected. You got to get him the football. Anaya Smith also, the other wide receiver, same thing there. Feed him a little bit. And then on defense, it is the guy that all Ole Miss fans need to be paying attention to this week, and that is Edrigan, Edrigan Cooper. He has been an absolute menace this year, racking up sack after sack, tackle for loss after tackle for loss. Great football player, made himself a lot of money this year. He could be um, a guy that if he has a good game, Jackson Dart has nightmares about for weeks. So those are the guys that need to show up against Ole Miss if the Aggies want to have a shot in this football game. Yeah, and and alternatively, I think that Ole Miss has a few players that they need to really take off as well. Cedric, Cedric Johnson is going to be rushing on the blind side of Max Johnson. So at Texas A&M at times this season has tried trouble blocking on the front. Him and Jared Ivey, Ole Miss is fourth in the nation in sacks in the NCAA this year. Texas A&M's number one. So I, I've de- described this as a potentially front seven game, and it's kind of a 1990s-era SEC football game decided, disguised as a 2020 spread offense SEC football game. And I think that this is going to have a relatively low score. So if you look at Cedric Johnson and Jared Ivey on the defensive front, offensively, Jackson Dart, just needs to be Jackson Dart. He needs to make athletic plays against A&M in College Station. You know, they ran the ball pretty well. They had trouble throwing the ball that night, but it was Jackson Dart's leg that kind, legs that kind of unlocked that defense. And obviously, like Quinshawn Judkins, A&M is going to be targeting him after what he did last year. All eyes will be on number four. And then you have the wide receivers at Ole Miss. You know, Trey Harris, who lined up against that cornerback that um, Jalen Milrow kind of took advantage of. I think that was DeBerry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're going to try and get Trey Harris on him because Trey Harris is potentially the best wide receiver in the Southeastern Conference, but he just missed three games. So his numbers aren't what you would expect they would be. But you also have Jordan Watkins, who is going to be much more healthy in this game, and Dayton Wade as well. I, I, I talked about on my show this week that Ole Miss's wide receiver, they're going to line him up in a normal thing, and it's going to look like a spread offense that everybody has seen. But in a weird way, Dayton Wade and Jordan Watkins are almost functioning as dual slot receivers, like two and nine Smiths on the field at the same time. And the formation-wise, it's going to look one way, but they're cr- pretty creative with doing that. Ole Miss is the only team in the SEC with three receivers over 500 yard receiving. So Lane Kiffin is known like Amari Cooper and players like that, like just building up stats, feeding the studs, like you said. Because of injuries and everything else, the studs have changed. And now Ole Miss has four players that can legitimately hurt you. But, I mean, it, it could be interesting. Now, what I'm worried about – the the thing that I'm worried about, it just feels like this could be an Anaya Smith game. It, it, it just genuinely feels like Max Johnson, him kind of gets up. It's going to be important for John Saunders to lock up. He's the slot corner, essentially. Um, but I, I think you need to you need to take away the Texas A&M running game, which hasn't been great, but it has been used. 
but you also need to have just that corner of that eye on Anaya Smith because if you can take him away, you have a chance to do all right against the other receivers because that's an extremely talented unit and probably the most talented unit Ole Miss has faced outside of LSU. Yeah, talking about Anaya Smith, he can beat you lots of ways in the punt return game, of course, in the slot. Had a good game last week. When it comes to the Texas A&M running game, Le'Veon Moss did not suit up last week. All signs point to him being good to go this week. Coach Fisher likes to keep injury reports close to his chest. You know, he's he's not going to – you're not going to know until Saturday. But everything we've heard, it sounds like Moss will be back out there. He is a difference. He is a good running back. He's a, a bigger guy. He can run you over, but he's fast. Uh, he's a good guy to have around the goal line. Sounds like he'll be out there, which is a good thing. But – yeah, I, I think that this offensive line, you kind of alluded to it a little bit. For Texas A&M, it has been problematic. I uh, I mean, it's been bad. The numbers, frankly, I think Max Johnson's done a good job getting the football out of his hand to where if he didn't, the numbers would be a lot more skewed to where you go, oh, man, this offensive line is horrible. He He's gotten hit a lot when he releases the football. So if Ole Miss is able to get some pressure – I'm concerned, definitely, because Max Johnson has proved he can make a bad decision when he's got some pressure coming at him. Uh, you know, games against Tennessee and in Alabama, that was kind of the plan, was get after him and make him make a bad decision, and he did at times. So those are some things, definitely, that we're going to have to see play out on this game. But having Le'Veon Moss back out there makes me feel a little bit better. And if Max Johnson has time, those receivers will get open. Like you said, it's a talented group. Max Johnson, with with time in the pocket, with that group, he'll pick you apart. He just has to have the time in the pocket, and I don't know if this offensive line can give it to him. Yeah, and, and you, you see a lot of finesse passing routes from Bobby Petrino with Max Johnson because Max Johnson doesn't have the arm to drive the ball downfield, but he's pretty good at those like Lucy routes and those corners and things like that. He, he's a fairly accurate quarterback, and he, he can get you if you're not careful. Anyway, when we come back, we are going to talk about red zone. I think that's going to be a very important in this game, and we're going to give our score prediction as, as well. But right now, I do want to let you know, you need to score early this NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bet with a winning $5 money line bet. That's pretty cool. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. On a $5 bet, you could be normally getting $10. Now you get 150 bucks bonus bets on top of that. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You know, Andrew, whenever you look at this Ole Miss-Texas A&M game, the one thing that I look at, the over-under is sitting at about 53.5 points. I almost want to pound that under, man. I um, I don't disagree with you. It's I, I'm not a fan of betting the unders. I'm going to be honest with you. It makes for not a fun football game. But in this matchup, I agree with you. I think this could be an old-fashioned SEC matchup, like you said, where that might win you some money. Exactly. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get the kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official sponsor of the NFL. Also, I do want to let everybody know that the Rebels play the Texas A&M Aggies at Saturday at 11 a.m. East or Central Time. And whether you are a Texas A&M fan or an Ole Miss fan, you can hear from your team's home team broadcast. Catch every play with SiriusXM on Channel 190 for Ole Miss, 
or channel 207 for Texas A&M or on the SXM app searching Ole Miss Rebels or Texas A&M Aggies. I don't know if Texas Aggies will quite work, but you you could probably try searching that as well. So, Andrew, red zone, red zone, red zone. Ole Miss has struggled at times in the red zone. A&M's defense is really good. Ole Miss has been pretty good in the red zone, and Texas A&M has had trouble scoring the ball at times. I think this is a major key in this football game. What say you, man? I've talked about it time and time again, not just for this matchup, but this season as a whole. And Coach Fisher, too, he's beating the drum on this. You got to have seven, not three. Hmm. And at times, it's been a lot. You get there, and then you stall out. And who I talked about it. Three points is not going to beat Lane Kiffin in the Ole Miss Rebels. It's not. Uh, you, I'm saying getting three and seven. You got to score touchdowns. You want to go on the road, win this football game, sneak up on some people playing an early game, you got to score touchdowns. You're not going to do it with three points. And you're right. It, for On the offensive side of things, it has been a struggle. That's got to be better against Ole Miss. If you don't score touchdowns, I don't know how you win it. We need to see it play out on Saturday, or it could be a long day for Aggie fans. Yeah, the same thing goes. Ole Miss ran a set against Vanderbilt. Now, I'm almost convinced that it was just to be put on film so A&M had to prepare for it. But they had J.J. Pegues, who was a defensive tackle in the Wildcat. They had um, Spencer Sanders, the backup quarterback, out as a slot receiver. And a whole bunch of stuff is going on. And, and, it, and, and actually, Ole Miss scored a touchdown on that play, but it was ruled a little bit short. I, I, I think that you can see that the emphasis is going to be there. And my concern, and it's just my concern, I don't know, I don't see warning signs that it's happening, is that as this game gets closer and as Texas A&M and Georgia gets close to the end of the season, will Ole Miss continue to play loose? Because they've been a very loose team all year. Or are they going to tighten up as it gets nervous? And I think I think that it's good that this Ole Miss-Texas um, A&M game is at 11 a.m., because if it was at 7 a.m. and the Alabama-LSU game was at 11 a.m. and LSU won that game, I think there's a chance that Ole Miss kind of tightened up. But Ole Miss just gets to play this game as normal. But that is the conversation we're going to start having on this side of the river. Yeah, that's definitely – you know, what's funny. I've had the same conversation. I've heard coaches say it time and time again. I get what you're saying. It's a great point that you want to be done before they can see the score to that game. But coaches always say they don't like playing the 11 or the noon game wherever time zone you're in because it kind of – I talked about Ole Miss. What's Ole Miss known for? Tailgate. And it's hard to get up and pound them early in the morning. It's hard to I, – I, I believe in the Ole Miss fan base to be able to do that easily. But the atmosphere at noon, at 11, is just not what it's going to be at 7, 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock, like I said, based on your time zone. It's just how it is. Coaches like playing away games against ranked opponents early because it kind of – I've said you can just kind of sneak in, sneak out, and people go, what happened? I, I think that – so I'm happy. Frankly, it's an early game just because of, of that. You don't have this crazy environment that you might have if it was a late game. But that's a great point you make because a, a team playing tight is not a good thing. I think Coach Kiffin, though, frankly – I think just the way he carries himself, the way he handles his business might help this team stay loose. He's just a loose guy. I don't ever, you know, you'll never see Coach Kiffin kind of tighten up, and I think that's going to help Ole Miss down the road. But yeah, I'm so I think we're both happy. It's an early game for different reasons, but um, I, I but I think they're both solid reasons, and we'll see what side it plays. It works out for. 
One benefit for you is you are going to get to see the Ole Miss Realtree helmets. This is the game that they're going to break out for that, it looks like. That's the big rumor. So it's going to be the camo, fishing camo helmet, basically the color of your hat. Oh, the the one that's like a little blue and white, but it's like camo. Yeah, they were right behind you. I love that helmet. Yes, yeah. I love that helmet. I love that helmet. Yeah, so it's going to be that the powder blue jersey, the white pants. Um, we wore that against Kentucky last season, mm-hmm. and um, I think personally that Ole Miss is going to wear the real tree helmet for that one, and they're also going to wear it at Georgia on with their road strip all white. That that, that, that would be awesome with yeah. the all white. So that that that's what I think they're going to do. Anyway, Andrew, let's look at predictions for this game. What have you got? I'll tell you one thing. I want I want you to give me. I want to ask you one thing first, and you give me a little real quick answer before I get into mine. Why is this line three points? I want to hear your thoughts for in because, favor of Ole Miss. Because somebody put a ton of money in a single bet on Texas A and M, and they tried to even out the money. And I, I, I talked about it on my show, mm-hmm. and I. I when I saw that line I, on my show, I literally got on my phone to double check that like I, I wasn't crazy. I was like, I want to make sure. I don't get that. I, I, I'm not saying AM doesn't have a chance. I'm not saying there's a world where AM doesn't win this game. I am saying the fact that this line is three points is insane. But my prediction for this game, I, I think that you know, you got high scoring, you got low scoring, and then you got kind of the middle ground. I think we're gonna be in the middle ground area. I think it's going to be a close football game. I do think Ole Miss wins it. I'm going to say 27-23, Ole Miss wins. Okay. Tw- you know, that's kind of the ballpark that I was in, too. I was going to – I'll say 27-21 just to make it different, but I was thinking 27-23 with Caden Davis kicking the winning field goal to get past Texas A&M. Him, him and his rivalry with Randy Bond, his <laughs> place-kicking wars. So, um, the Caden Davis, by the way, that dude has been a weapon at Ole Miss this year. I talked about that this week. I talked about how they got a good kicker. You, you got to try and do everything you can. If it's like third and seven on the 32, try and get a sack and get them back to the 40 because this kicker is really good. Yeah. And I have no idea how he wasn't the guy at AM. And apparently he kicked a couple of times for him. Yeah. But I, yeah. yeah. It, but I mean, when he kicks off, it's never returned. I mean, there's there, it just it just sounds different coming off his foot. Anyway, thanks everyone for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast and the Locked On Aggies podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every single day. Andrew, thank you so much, buddy. You heading over to the game? No, can't make it. Wish I could. Everybody that's going though, have a good time. Enjoy it. It's going to be a fun one. Good luck to Ole Miss and Aggie fans. Let's hope we get a win. Good good talking to you, buddy. Yeah, and it's just fantastic. You've got Ole Miss and Texas A&M, and then you've got Missouri and Georgia, and then you've got LSU and Alabama. All the other conferences, you have the day off. Anyway, take care, Andrew, and um, we'll talk to you later.